Welcome to the Chatter in the Box podcast, where your hosts, Liam Skiffington and Matt Indominico, discuss all things baseball. From breaking news to the latest free agent signings, they'll dive into today's game with some of the top minds from around the league. You can catch the latest episode of the Chatter in the Box podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, or Amazon Music, or visit our website at www.chatterinthebox.com. All right, we're back. Sorry about that. Talking about bad hair days. We're back. Matt, Lee. Hello, everyone. Lee, thank you for joining us. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, Lee, we actually, you and I met a couple weeks ago, similar to uh, actually the same day I met Jordan, who was our last guest on the show. Um, We met at Yankee Stadium, got to watch the Yankees game. I got to learn that you were an agent, that you were Jordan's agent. Um, So, and then now we're here. So I would love for you, Lee, to give us a little introduction into Lee Johnson, LLC. So Lee Johnson, LLC is, uh, well, the Lee part is short for my name, Ashley. Um, I'm, my best friend actually came up with it um, during the pandemic. And, you know, it's my life. I basically own the trademark to my logo, the name, the rights to every single thing that I do, including my website. And basically, you know, I just, I help athletes and my story come, me basically wanting to help athletes comes from just like my background, just my love for sports. It's been quite a journey, but, um, you know, being a law student, I knew to make sure that I had ownership of everything that I did. And, you know, that to me, the law aspect, along with just being a sports agent, it's kind of one in one. I don't look at them separately. I look at them as, you know, just one thing. So you talk about your background, Lee, what, um, like, how did you grow up? How did you become like, why, what made you want to be an agent, go to law school, be an agent in baseball? You're also an agent in basketball. We'll get into that as well. But you really wear a lot of caps and it's super impressive. And I'm so curious as to just how this all started. Well, the wanting to go to law school actually came from my dad and I revealed it like about a year ago to him and he had no idea. I was one of those people in class from kindergarten who would always get She's such an amazing student. We love having her. She just talks too much. So, you know, and I grew up in New York City and it it kind of made me who I am in the sense of, you know, you got to be city strong. And I'm from Harlem specifically. So it, you know, it was a beautiful thing to just be able to, I grew around a lot of diverse people because even though I lived uptown, I went to schools that were more downtown area. Um, my elementary school was PS 87, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with sex in the city, Miranda, she, yeah, well, she, (laughs) her child goes there. So it's like, you know, like one of my best friends growing up um, in that school at the time was Jules Pfeiffer, who wrote the Julie Pfeiffer, whose father was Jules Pfeiffer. And he wrote the book Meanwhile. So Mm -hmm. I know their family, um, haven't been in touch with them as of recently, but you know, I grew up in that type of environment and my dad thought that it would be a really good idea to take me because he is a retired NYPD officer to the Bronx, uh, criminal courthouse to scare me straight, I guess. Yep. (laughs) Did you need it to be scared straight? I mean. I don't know. I to this day, I don't know why he did it because it wasn't like I was acting bad. It's just I talked too much. That's you know, that's who I was. 
And <laughs> it was, I remember it being, it had to be around eight, nine o'clock at night. And we went up there and he asked, you know, you know, he showed his badge and said, can I just bring my daughter in there? And I can't even remember what the lawyer was arguing. All I saw was the lawyer actually speaking and being able to advocate for his client. And that's when I knew I wanted to go to law school. So that was very early on. I want to say about sixth grade. So that's early in sixth grade. Yeah. I didn't even know how to color at that point, to be honest. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, good for you. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, you think you're going to grow out of it. But even in high school, I kept thinking, I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a lawyer. So I kind of set myself up um, in high school. I went to a high school, I went to Pace High School, which basically is affiliated with the university. So I actually took college classes my junior and senior year of high school on top of, you know, I played basketball. So I would go from a basketball game with one or two of my friends who were also in the, the night classes. And, you know, we would just study together. So it was, but again, with the mindset of when I go into college, I still want to, I want to be a lawyer. So basically after that, I was kind of able to go into, well, I went to the university at Albany, uh, which is a SUNY college. And I could have graduated a year early, but Albany Law had a program where, you know, they were affiliated. Well, they still are affiliated with the university where you do three years of college and three years of law. And I actually got accepted to it. Um, and I was happy because that's what I wanted to do. But my freshman year, um, I was practicing with the basketball team there. Because uh, you know, I grew up playing ball all my life. Um, I have my mom's side of the family. I have a lot of uncles and cousins and they're males. So in order for me to kind of play with them, I had to play basketball. So that started when I was like five and I just stuck with it. But, um, you know, freshman year was a little hard uh, just because I started to develop muscle spasms in my back. And it would be just points in my life where it's, you know, so debilitating that I would drop to the floor and I wouldn't be able to move for maybe a few seconds. And this would be something that was on and off at first. But as, you know, junior year came, it became something that was really constant. I was in pain almost every other day. Um, it was just in my back, but because, you know, I'm from New York city, but going to school in Albany, people think it's so close. I'm like, no, it's two and a half hours away. I couldn't necessarily go to the doctor every single day. Um, so that kind of, you know, I still, again, had law being in my mind, but the aspect of sports came into play because I physically couldn't play anymore. And I didn't touch a basketball for about seven years. Wow. Uh, wow. Cause it was just, you know what you're my mom played ball in college like she got scholarships to texas a&m and you know like duke and it's just like schools where i'm and she's a lefty so i learned how to play as a lefty even though i'm a righty so it was you know and i even though i'm five ten, i think i was five seven and a half in college i mean in high school and going into college um i was a point guard too because my mom was a point guard even though she's shorter than me so, so you were afraid to go to your left side no, I didn't care. I was that person where you could use on offense and defense. And mm -hmm. I, to this day, I still have handle. So oh, <laughs> that right oh, okay. yeah. Like I will literally like, it just, I, it comes back to me naturally when I play and I love it. But, you know, having something being taken away from you and it's not your fault and you don't understand why. And I had doctors telling me that nothing's wrong with you. Like you're healthy. You're, you're good. Um, kind of sucks. But um, after graduating college, 
I went straight into law school, actually. A lot of people don't know this, except for my immediate family um, and friends. But after law school, so we gra- I graduated in May. Uh, and two, three weeks later, I was in law school. I went to Drake Law. And uh, by the end of that, because you had to complete a summer program prior to going into law school, mm-hmm. I learned that my back was actually worse than I knew. Um, and I had to call like my doctor was like, can you just, you know, send something over to CVS pharmacy and just give me something. So at the end of it, I was actually offered a scholarship, uh, for law school and had to decline it because there was just like, do I, I'm so far away from home and I'm struggling to study and I'm struggling to, you know, my back, like it's, it was just too much at that point. And I had, I remember asking my dad, like, what should I do? Because you know, it's looked at as this is an amazing opportunity and I didn't want to turn it down. Like everyone already knew that I was away at law school and they were cheering me on. So I felt the pressures of you know wanting to kind of continue. But eventually I said no. And I had I think I had like four days to decide after I came back. And then I fell into this deep depression just because you, you feel like, what am I going to do now? I already graduated college. I had no other, this was the plan and it just didn't work out the way I did, I well, the way that I wanted it to. So basically, you know, my dad actually, uh, we have a house in Savannah, a little outside of Savannah and he flew into New York. Um, and I remember sitting on the benches with him and I was just crying that and for about two, three weeks, I wasn't sleeping. I was just waking up crying every single day. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life because, you know, like law school was the plan and it didn't work out at that time. And, you know, eventually I had to get myself together and I met an amazing boss uh, through my aunt. And he, you know, I started doing medical malpractice and personal injury. But while I was able to do that, um, he basically allowed me to continue to go to doctor's appointments and figure out what's wrong with me. And it was kind of, I loved Doc Doc at the time because you could just look, you can see reviews, you can kind of understand what the doctors are. You know what I mean? Like it, it was just convenient. So if I didn't like this doctor or if I wanted a second opinion, I can just hop from doctor to doctor. Yep. So eventually um, the doctor that I have now, um, his name is Alexander Rancis. He, from the beginning, understood that the goal is to get back in law school. The goal is to make sure that I'm healthy, I'm good, and I'm actually able to do it. So, you know, for a few years, I tried. And, he, you know, I undergo procedures called radiofrequency ablation, where they actually burn your nerves. And I do that with a lot of people don't know. Like I do that um, on the left side of my neck, two weeks, right side, two weeks, left side of my back, two weeks, right side of my back. So I do that every six months. So excuse my ignorance. Is that like shock therapy or is it nothing like shock therapy? No. So I'm actually put under anesthesia and they go in and they burn the nerve signals that are sending pains. Um, I think from, I don't know if it's from my head to my back. Uh, yeah. So I think it's from my head to my back. So basically, you know, I do that currently. I just did uh, my neck, uh, I think a few weeks ago. So it's, it's really intense. It normally requires two weeks of um, recovery. That's why they can only do one side at a time. And, you know, that's why I love my school. Albany Law is, they understand what I go through. And it's down the block from Albany Med. So I get um, inject steroid injections in my back to stop the pain in between those six months. So I'm Mm -hmm. going there and I'm traveling to New York. So it's, you know, it's not the, it's not the best 
course of action right now. But I mean, hey, I'm graduating early in December. So it obviously it did something and it allowed me to get through it. So um, I say all that to say, basically, you know, it was a trial and error. I had to go through um, my emotions, figure things out, go to therapy and kind of, you know, be real with myself. I'm one thing that I do now, which is not the best is I keep a lot of things in when things are bothering me. So it's like pain is something like you wouldn't know right now. I'm in pain. I worked out this morning. I was good. Um, even through the workouts, you know, I have pain, but you know, I'm on heat 24 seven. I have heating pads to travel, heating pads when wow. I sleep. It's, it's really intense. So the summers for me are better just because of the, it's hot outside. It's, I'm still in a lot of pain, but when it's, when I'm cold, my muscles become very weak and it's, that's why I tell, you know, even myself and my clients, like, Hey, listen, if I'm working out every day to make sure that I'm good, it, it's a routine that I get myself in. So, you know, I'm not sure if that answered your question, but it's, you know, it's, it's the journey of figuring out me, honestly. Well, you, you've definitely been through a lot and I applaud you for you know putting yourself first and taking care of yourself because that's important. Um, but uh, I was curious to learn, when did you kind of flip a switch and go from, I'm going to law school to, I want to become an agent? I know you said you had a passion for sports, but did you just wake up one day and almost realize that? Or was it gradual over time? Um, so at the end of high school, it was something that I realized, but it definitely hit me in college. Um, and I remember saying this, um, you know, when you first get there, sometimes you tell you say who you are and what you want to do. And after going through everything that I went through and not being able to physically play ball anymore, I said, I want to be a sports agent. It was something that I just said, um, not because it sounded great, but because like at the time I really felt it, but I kept it in the back burner just because I was going through so much. It wasn't really a thought, but I remember <laughs> during the pandemic, I actually, my dad actually drove all the way to um, New York city and packed myself, my brother and my dog up in 15 minutes and drove back to Georgia. So he, yeah, he's really the MVP for doing that. So I, you know, I have 12 acres of land, so I didn't really feel what everyone in New York city was feeling by being in a, in an apartment, but we were driving one day and, you know, I had a conversation previously with my boss and we were talking about, you know, sports and baseball did come, come back up. And I remember telling my dad, like, yeah, you know, baseball came up in this conversation. And he was like, why don't you just become a sports agent now? And I was like, okay, like, okay, why? And he's like, because like, you know, like this. And at this point I hadn't gotten to Albany Law at this, like during the pandemic. So I was just like, oh, like, sure. And he was like, why not baseball? And I was like, um, he's like, can you give me one reason not to? And I said, there's nobody who looks like me who does it. And he's like, oh, then I, I was like, oh, that's a fear. That's not really a reason. So I was just like, all right, let's, <laughs> let's log on. Let's see. And, you know, their, their process is very different. You have to actually, you know, send in like, I guess a pre-application, get approved, and then you get a password to then apply, which then you have to include an actual template of your representation agreement that you're going to submit to future clients. So their process is 
kind of rigorous because I was competing at the deadline of May um, for, it was supposed to be an August exam, but it ended up being September. So that happened. I did all that. And then a few weeks later, you know, I got approved and I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to do this exam. And a few days later, I get into Albany Law on a scholarship. And I'm like, okay, how am I going to do this? Because now I was like, you know what? We're not even going to think about it. We're just going to put it in the back burner. And then it came out that, um, you know, because you don't know what classes when your midterms are, they tell you your finals, but the professors kind of pick and choose if they want to have a final, if they don't, because sometimes it's 100. I ha- I just had a final that was 100% of my grade and I got an A, but <laughs> but it's just like you get, you get scared because it's like it's to the deadline. So basically I, you know, went in and it was smack in the middle of two finals. And I was like, okay, so now I have to study for this exam, study for midterms. And to be honest, I was in, I remember my contracts class and some of my friends will tell you, like I have, packets and they're highlighted I have sticky notes because I'm a visual learner so it's Mm -hmm. kind of like my professors understand that when I open up a textbook does nothing for me absolutely nothing has never done anything for me I have to actually understand what's being written so I go to my professors and I basically you know I actually watch YouTube to understand the CBA before I even you know had a real understanding of what really went into it because I I honestly, I, I, I didn't like baseball at all. I'm a basketball fan. Everyone knows that I love Celtics. That's my team, even though I'm from New York. But actually studying what it takes to be a baseball agent compared to any other sport, because I obviously am a WNBA agent. Like, I've looked at other CBAs. Baseball, it's strict. There's thousands of pages just on the CBA. And you have the drug treatment plan. And then it's, it's just so many different components that go into it that I actually questioned myself. And I was like, am I... Am I going to, like, be able to understand when it comes to an exam? So, so let me ask you this. Liam would probably understand this, but this is more of a question for myself. Those components, are they developed by Major League Baseball, or do they set the standard uh, for what it takes to be an agent, or is it just what you need to know to be an agent for baseball, if that makes sense? Um, it's all of the above. So, you know, when, I don't know if you remember, I think it was like a year ago, there was a, basically baseball was on hold. No one was playing any games. They couldn't come to an agreement for the CBA. And everyone was trying to figure out how this was going to happen. It's because they wanted higher wages. So it's, you know, like, I I believe it was in the drug treatment plan. Um, Weed was one thing that was also discussed because it's become so popular. Everyone should be able to smoke weed. And it's just, you know, with time, people are arguing for different things. So you have the MLBPA that's arguing on the behalf of the players. And then you have, you know, the organizations, their managers and the owners who are saying, no, this is what we want it to be. So it's basically, it's basically an argument between two entities. So, you know, the CBA, even though it does set the standard, it does set the rules and what I have to do or what I can do or what, you know, or teams can do along with even having like exhibits where they basically show, hey, listen, you know, there's, here's what your representation agreement should have. Here's, you know, what happens if a player's released. Like they do have these little templates or even like when I, you know, signed Nadir Lewis, who was just drafted by the, um, by the Giants recently at the draft. It, within it, I had to do a PAD, which is the player agreement designation, basically saying, Hey, listen, I'm his agent. I represent him. And I have to hand, I had to hand that into the MLBPA. So, you know, it's just a lot of, it's so many different things that are in it. And that's why I say baseball is the most confusing out of everything. But I still believe there is this 
higher level of protection. And I mean protection in a sense of when my clients or when I help a lot of people who aren't even my clients, just because I've seen people be screwed over and you know, like there are certain things that you can't do as a as an agent. You're like you don't necessarily charge um, your clients until they're on the forty man roster. And I had to help somebody recently just because you know that's you know something that their agent or their agency was doing, and it's just them just trying to make a quick buck, but they don't understand, and you know they just asked me to take a quick look. So I, you know, hopefully, and it's just so much that that's why I say like you, sh- every person who goes into baseball should honestly have an agent. Like it, I personally think it doesn't matter whether you're drafted first, 200, like at the end of the day, you want protection for yourself, but you also want the right person to represent you. And that's, you know, where I come in. And that's, you know, even though that's on a major league level, I keep those same standards for my players in the Atlantic League or, you know, in the frontier. Like it's, it's the standard that I live by just because, you know, I love contracts. That's, you know, what I, my specialty is um, in school. And basically there was something and with one of my clients where they were promised a whole bunch of things verbally. I was told things verbally and through text message, but it wasn't in the contract. And I made sure it was in the contract because it has something to do with housing. So I'm like, this is something that's super important. You're saying he's going to get it. But if he comes all the way out there and he doesn't have it, that's on me because I didn't do my job. Words, so, yeah. words mean nothing to you in your industry is what you're telling yeah, me. Yeah, I don't care. Like I, like you got, like I also had in, like Taiwan loves to come out for players, and I had one of my clients saying, "Hey, listen, this person reached out to me." And one thing that I love about my clients is they're like, "Well, here's my agent's information," because they're telling him, "No, no, no, just sign it, just sign it." And they're like, "No," and that's the kind of trust that you know and respect that I've built with my clients or just people who aren't even my clients just off of my mannerism and how you know i portray myself because i do think it is important to be a lawyer and a sports agent i don't think it's for everyone but for me specifically for you know everything that i've done it it is it is a step up like in february you know i take the bar and god willing i pass then my clients have not only a sports agent they also have a lawyer so it's you know it's, it's a beautiful thing so Lee, you talk about your client, uh, forgive me, I can't remember his name, the guy that just got signed by the Giants. Nadir Lewis. Nadir Lewis. So when it comes to signing a guy like that, what's your approach? How do you find him? What do you say? What's the Im- initial meeting like? How many meetings does it take to actually eventually like agree to a deal and sign the player? Um, so it's very interesting that you say that. And it's the only thing that I will brag about for myself. Hell yeah, um, let's go. <laughs> I haven't sought out one client of mine. They've all come to me. Every Mm -hmm. person that I've signed has, you know, seen me on social media, to be honest. Um, I used for, so from that September, October that I found out, oh, congratulations, you know, you passed the MLBPA general agent exam. I spent an entire year building connections, reaching out Mm -hmm. to people on LinkedIn, looking up, okay, who's in the front office? Who's making decisions? What are the scouts? What are they looking for? So I have a lot of scouts in my phone that I've talked to prior to even signing anyone. Um, and, you know, the first client I signed actually happened to be the day after Thanksgiving. And, you know, it was it was an amazing thing because he saw me on LinkedIn, actually. And, you know, that he was like, the one thing that I say to all my clients is, how are you mentally? Like, I really want to know, like, do you feel overwhelmed? Do you feel like, you know, like, 
you want to give up, you want to keep going. Like I, I kind of have to know these things along with who's in your life. Do you have a girlfriend? Do you have a family? Mm-hmm. Because all of those components, you know, matter to me. And I also well, you have to know who you're getting into business with, right? Yeah. Exactly. And the one thing that I do is, you know, like I wear an Apple watch every so 24 seven, my clients know this is connected to my other phone. I have two phones. I have like a private phone and a phone for business. And that's actually something I learned from seeing my boss who runs mm-hmm. his own malpractice. It's everything was in one phone and it was stressful. And I actually was able to meet agent Nicole Lynn, you know, and yes. she, she, I had a conversation with her at a book signing. I forgot the name of the place in the Bronx, but you know, it's, it was like it's towards the end of COVID. I don't even know when the end of COVID was, but it was when she was going Nobody on does. a book tour. Yeah. <laughs> so it was really interesting to me because I watched her and she had one phone. And one thing I'm really good at is not only analyzing, but learning from other people to see what I should either, you know, not imitate, but, you know, gravitate towards in a sense, but also what I shouldn't do. And it took two people for me to say, nope, I need two phones. I need something where my clients can just reach me or business. And I need to be able to separate my life because um, my life is hectic. Like people, I actually was just talking to a female the other day who was in college and she was just asking me like, hey, I want to go to law school. And the power of social media is really strong because I'm not committed to my TikToks, which I really try to be. But when I do post, I always get DMs or, you know, my Instagram is linked. People will message me on Instagram. And, you know, it's it honestly, it's been a lot of athletes who've done that. And along with people who just see me and they're like, how are you doing it? And I'm just like, listen, I can only tell you my story and to say that, listen, like, it's not easy. I, you know, I went to, I watched. I go to a law school where they know my, they know what I go through on a daily basis when it comes to my health. They respect that. I have accommodations for it in the sense of being able to, you know, during exams, I can wear my big old heated vest and take my exams, but also having professors who are rooting for me, who are asking, let me see your website. I, you know, I did my own trademark myself. The application is very long, but I did it and I got approved on the first try. And my contract professor was just like, oh, wow, like you got like you got approved. And those are the things that I try to tell people where it's like I'm in a very ambitious person and waking up in the morning. The first thing I'm thinking is besides, oh, my God, I got to go to the gym. It's like how not how I'm going to get through the day, but what I need to do that's most important. So I'm waking up at 6, 7 a.m. sometimes and I go to bed really late because, you know, I do have law school and I did summer classes on top of, you know, flying back and forth or getting on Amtrak in the city. And it's not an easy thing, especially when you have like health problems that, you know, you don't want to get out of bed. I have taken people don't know this, but sometimes when I do have a lot of phone meetings and I don't feel good. I'm laying in my bed, which is kind of like one of those, the head goes up and the legs go up for support on my back. I'm laying Mm -hmm. on heat and I'm taking meetings. I'm answering emails. So my life is not a normal life, but every day I feel fulfilled. I'm tired, but I can honestly, the one thing I said to myself is as long as I feel fulfilled, as long as I'm like happy and as long as my clients trust me, then I honestly, I have nothing to worry about. And it's, it's honestly, it's a privilege because, you know, I'm being frank, being a black female in this industry, I don't know one person who's doing what I'm doing specifically. And it's, I have to go to a lot of men and ask for advice. And to be honest, it's a lot of, you know, white men, because that's what predominantly in that industry it doesn't bother me. But 
some people are like, I don't want to reach out. I don't know how you reached out to so many different people. And I'm like, that's pride. Like, I know what I want to do and who I want to be. And right now, I know that I'm at the level that I am because I'm still in law school. But if you take the law school factor away, I I know next semester, well, technically, it wouldn't mean next semester, but after graduating in December, I have so much to achieve, but I'm learning to kind of live in the moment because it. I tell people, I'm like, listen, understand where you are in life. And one thing that people don't understand, this industry is expensive to be an agent. It's not cheap. I oh I've I've spent a lot of money, but you know thousands I if have, I had to guess. Agent dues, everything. Yep. So oh, you're still in school, mind you. Yeah. But you know, like that's I couldn't even buy a candy bar in my last year of undergrad. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know what to say to that, Matt. <laughs> Like, because I've like, you know, I've had the privilege of, and I will say this, like, I'm not oblivious to, you know, being privileged to have a dad who can support it. You know, his thing is, if it's about school, if it's about agent's life, if it's something that I need to do, not I want to do, sometimes I have to want to do, I pay, I pay on my own. But if it's something I need to do, then he's willing to pay for it. So, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I'm sure, I'm sure Lee, at some point or another, you've come across someone who has something to say about that. Every human being would prefer to give their kid a life like that. There's, and if they say they're not, they're lying. Yeah. And that's really big in the black community where it's like, instead of looking at it as, oh my God, like, you know, that's, that's generational wealth that you're trying to continue. Cause I want to bring some of my family members in eventually into my business, because even though they help me now, um, I will say this, it's very hard for me to allow someone to do my job or something that I need because I'm that person, if I need it, I'm gonna just do it now. Like mm-hmm. I'm in the in group projects in college and even before then, I'd rather be the leader. And like, if you're not, if you're slacking, then just pick up whatever you're doing. But at some point I kind of got to let it go. But I feel like that's after I'm more established and can kind of ease off because I do know the rich calls of the world and a lot of agencies especially clutch so i do look at different things because i believe clutch and united came together um Mm -hmm. so i remember talking to someone from united um talent agency and they don't have a baseball division that clutch has a really small one don't they Mm -hmm. okay yeah it's but I couldn't figure out who exactly was in it. And my thing is, if I can't figure it out, then it's not there. And that's kind of, you know, my goal right now. And I've manifested it kind of a little bit where it's, I'm like, okay, I've been able to build an agency. I've been able to, you know, get clients, travel, you know, I'm not trying to be at the top of my class. I knew that, you know, I have a, I basically have a law job already that was secured before going into law school. So I already knew that I was able to focus on myself. And it's actually very funny because I was actually going to leave my law school after the first year. I was going to go, I was trying to come to a law school in the city because I'm like, Albany is politics. And I've worked at the Capitol for a year doing internships in college. So I knew that's not what I wanted to do. But basically, being at Albany has really allowed me to have the life that I have. Like the professor, he li- I remember my professor, Brescia. He was my CISPRO professor. He said to me this, and this is what made me say. He said, do you want to be at a law school where you're one of many or be at a law school where you're one of one? And I said, you got me. Yeah. I, I'm yep. saying, 
And I really am one of one. And, you know, I love my school. But I think the thing is, is on the law side, the number, I think from last year, um, a poll came out uh, of, of data of, you know, Black lawyers. And it's been the same number for a decade. And that to me is very sad because, you know, obviously there's so many things on the law, law side that has that has happened. Um, but I, I internally battled with, should I put law and advocating for people like me over sports? And that was a really big internal fight because in the law community, there's a lot of racism. That's just what it is. And I've had to deal with it. Um, and it actually had me to the point where I'm like, fighting different organizations from different schools, trying to advocate. You could make the same argument for sports. Could you not, though? Yeah. You know what really bothers me? And it's a beautiful thing when they say diversity. Like, I remember, I think it was like a year or two ago, might have been like a year and a half ago, when the Yankees and different teams were like, we have women, we're more diverse. And I'm just like, they do that in law school, too where when the numbers of women, white women go up in law, in sports, it's we're diverse. And I'm like, where are the people in these positions that are black females specifically? Because Mm -hmm. I do know that there are, you know, two prominent um, agents like, you know, Rachel Luba, who are in MLB. But there's, you know, in NFL, obviously, Agent Nicole Lynn. But I'm just like, where's the, like, Lee Johnson equivalent to someone who can actually understand my journey? Because what I, I have to present myself on social media, I kind of go off this thing where I have my family, like even my mom <laughs> on like Instagram and social media. And I never post anything that I wouldn't want my parents to see. So mm-hmm. I personally do not care about anyone else's opinions because my parents hold me to the highest standard. And as long as I'm good and they're good, then I don't care. But there are other people in sports, you know, where they just have Twitter fingers. And that's why I think I was telling you, Liam, I, when we were talking about Jordan before, I was like, I have his Instagram. I'll accept mm-hmm. it because yep. the minute I see something, I am deleting it. I do not care. Like it's you know, sometimes people get in their feelings, and I get that you want to run to social media and kind of express it, but you can't do that. And I'm the first to delete it and be like, call me right now. Like, and I've had an incident like that before, and I know one of my clients is upset with me, but I was just like. Do you, I was like, I don't care. You can be upset with me now. You can yell at me, curse at me. But I, like later on, he was like, okay, I understand why you did it. I'm like, yeah, because perception and how you portray yourself is everything. Like, Especially within sports and to organizations. Like no organization wants a headache. That's like the main thing, right? No one wants yeah. a pain in the ass with baggage. Especially yeah, if it's a minor leaguer at the time. Yeah, it's- and then scouts have told me that. They're like, mm-hmm. you know, we look for character more. like All mental star, makeup. You- yeah, you saw the fight that just broke out with the white mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I personally think funny, but on the Asian side, that's my, I'm like, you took off your glove. You initiated it. You could have just stood there. Like it's, it's certain things that I'm just like, I understand that it happened and there's nothing you can do about it because people do get frustrated. But at the end of the day, let's say um, it wasn't him, it was, you know, one of my clients who did that. I also have to tell them it's a privilege to be an agent for any one of my clients. I understand Mm -hmm. that. But as a black female in this industry, I also tell them you are a reflection of me as well, because I chose to be your agent and you chose me, you know, well, I chose to be your client and you chose me as your agent. 
So it's just one of those things where I'm just like, you know, there's a, I understand that there's a benefit to having, especially at the level that I'm at right now, it's a benefit to have different clients. And, you know, mm -hmm. I always reach out to them. I know that some clients apparently don't hear from their agents for months at a time. And I get that that's what they're, what they need, but I have the stats of my clients, uh, you know, Niall, he was the barnstormers just, you know, put out a statement about him and, you know, yep. he did amazing in his game. And it's stuff like that where I'm just like, I'm on it. I'm watching the game. I'm literally watching how my clients act when they walk up the field and I'm texting them like, make sure your head is up high. It's okay. Like, you know, figure out what you got to do, but always put on this. It could be a persona sometimes. Sometimes you have to fake it until you make it up, even though you're frustrated. Cause I, you know, I play ball. I get it. You're frustrated. You can't show that to the other team. You can't show that to scouts that are out there. I want all my clients to get to a high level. Well, the highest, obviously a 40 man roster, but I think that, you know, some people don't understand. It's a lot of phone calls. It's a lot of sending stats, you know, to different teams. And one thing that um, I did for, I'm not going to say the name of the team or the person, but for, you know, one of the organizations, I sent stats continuously at the beginning of the year. And he was like, I haven't seen an agent go as hard as you're going for your mm -hmm. clients. And I didn't realize that agents just stop going hard for their clients. They're just like, you know what I mean? They just pick up the phone call. I mean, just pick up the phone and they're like this one little favor. And I'm like, no, I'm going to be on you until you look at my client or you can even tell me what you're looking for. And I've done that in acts like, hey, listen, where do you see his stats? What are you looking for? You know, here's his exposure level. And they'll, they're, they'll tell me. I think, you know, being a female has a different type of softness to it. Um, people respect me. But I've had to check a few managers and remind them that I'm not stupid. Like, I forget because I'm in law school that I have a bachelor's degree. But I'm about to have a JD in December. I'm, I'm an agent. I've been through a lot and had a lot of conversations. And I'm also from Harlem. So it's like, <laughs> I... Like, Don't mess with me. I, yeah. No, yeah. Like, it's, and I think that's one thing that my clients respect about me because we can go there. I choose not to. I choose to check you. You know, when someone says, like, how do you say in a respectful way in an email? I'm like, per my previous email, like, I can, I can check you in a respectful manner. And I can point to specific things in a contract that you seem confused about that I'm not confused about. But it's just, you know, it's that level of respect that I definitely demand. But I do go into a situation reading what type of manager, what type of, you know, scout am I talking to? Because that's super important. I feel like you can probably get a decent feel right off the rip, like in a couple of seconds in the conversation at this point, Lee. I'm similar to like, yeah, I, I get what you mean. You know who you're dealing with within the first five seconds. Yeah, and then I'm also a Gemini, and I know we get a lot of. So am I. I got you. I got you. No, and we get a lot of hate, don't we? We get a lot of hate. We do. Like the first thing someone tells me is, "Oh, you're a Gemini." I'm like very proud of it. I'm a June Gemini at that. So yes, I'm same. Like, when in June? When in June? <laughs> June seventeenth. I'm June second. Oh, see, look, see, I knew from the what YouTube game. What is a June Gemini? Oh. With a dumb guy in the back. <laughs> Lee, I'll let you, you take oh. this one. Christ. <laughs> Sometimes it's like, okay, they first say we're two-faced, mm -hmm. but it's that's really the, the that's main the first Gemini. Thing. 
But then it's like, okay, we're either super emotional and very passionate or we're not disrespectful, but we don't play. There's no middle ground sometimes with me. So I try to use it in the sense of, you know, like you can say whatever you want to say. I'm very, sometimes I, I think Liam, I did this kind of to you. I was quiet at first. And mm-hmm. then Jordan was like, yeah, she's my agent. And that's kind of when the conversation started flowing because I like yep. to see what people kind of, like how they act in front of me before they find out. Cause I actually went to a workout with uh, one of my clients, Rashad, who actually played for the Reds. And that was in January. I went from a Celtics game <laughs> to the next morning hopping on a flight. And, you know, I, it was with the Royals. And they he was told that agents couldn't be there. But because I'm a female, I kind of got away with it. And it was a really, no workouts. It was a long day. I have my laptop, I'm doing work, but I'm like making sure I'm capturing content for my client, not only for myself, so for, you know, he can see what he's done and, you know, Mm -hmm. just different things. So I was able to have conversations um, with some of the people um, in the Royals camp. And it was very interesting because it wasn't until the end that I revealed, oh yeah, by the way, I'm an agent. I'm his agent, actually. They're like, really? I'm like- They probably were looking at each other, like who the hell let her in here? No, yeah, because I'm just like, you know, the only one. So I kind of, I do sometimes like thrive off of people not knowing, especially when, you know, my emails just say Lee. They're like, Lee. And, you know, now they're like, oh, Miss Lee. I'm like, you can just say Lee. You don't got to throw the <laughs> myth in there at all. But it's really, really interesting being a female um, in any industry, but specifically baseball, just because, you know, every time I post something, I will say there's always at least one person who either messages me or who kind of follows me off of a different type of social media who's like, oh, how did you get into this? Like, and one thing that I value is, you know, my first year when I'm reaching out, I didn't reach out other than scouts on the baseball side. I, to this day, I I haven't talked to not one single agent in baseball. No, that's a lie. Let me rephrase that. I've talked to two or three but two or three compared to you know my first year i spoke to um an nfl player who's currently playing and you know through connections i was able you know to talk to richard pearl who went from the mlbpa to excel Mm -hmm. and the reason why it's been two years now i just had breakfast with him actually the other day is because i when i entered at excel for my last semester of college i knew their email and how they wrote their email so once i saw that he went to Excel, I said, let me just send my resume and let me just see what happened. Mm-hmm. And he emailed me back maybe like a few weeks later, like, you know, wow. Like when, like when, did, when do you want to meet? And when I was talking to him, he was like, you just accomplished so much and your resume was just so impressive that I was like, let me just see who she is. And now I've built a relationship with him. And it's just like, you know, one thing I do value is relationships with people just because, you know, I want to be able to, like, let's say we don't talk for a few years, especially with you guys. I want to be able to hit you guys up off of any type of social media or even text you guys and be like, hey, listen, I have this opportunity. Are you interested in this? Just because, like, for me, yeah. I'm a, you know, the Gemini in me, I'm a happy person. I love, my vibe is, you know, it's summertime. I think people also forget I'm in my 20s. So mm-hmm. that's why the whole, like, I'm, I'm at festivals. I'm having fun. But when I signed the deer, I was actually, I remember his brother um, actually messaged me off of LinkedIn and I was on my way to Niall's game on the LIRR. 
And I was like, hey, listen, I'm on my way to a game. But, you know, he was telling me um, about his brother and how he got drafted. And he was like, he thinks that I could help him. So I hopped on a phone call with him. And, you know, it went amazing. And later that night, um, Nadir was flying from Arizona to, I mean, from, he was flying from Georgia to Arizona. Interesting fact, every single one of my clients are from Georgia. So I think, which I think is like the baseball mecca right now. I was going to say, that's a, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> plenty, plenty of good players coming from Georgia. No, yeah. And, you know, they're amazing. And it's just like, it's also a vibe. When I'm, I can, every single one of my clients, when I've talked to them, it's been a vibe situation. And they've also been very impressed on how much I've achieved. And it's mm -hmm. also an understanding that, like, I've told clients, like, if I'm in class and you, I was like, the first thing you do is text me. If it's an emergency, call me. I've picked up. I've walked out of class and picked up phones, even for scouts and, you know, even for opportunities. Because you I'm never know what's on the other end of that phone, right? Exactly. And that's why mm -hmm. I like the separation because, you know, my Apple Watch is not linked to my private phone, but my, you know, my business phone. And also, you know, everything is in my business, everything that I do. And I think that's one thing. My dad is very, he uses, you remember quick Quicken, where you like put all your information of how much you, know, you spend to make sure your bills are together. He's mm -hmm. that person. So like when I go over my budget, he knows. <laughs> but <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a good thing because he's always taught me financial responsibility and being able, and that's really big in baseball because I'm just like, okay, if my client has a bonus, I'm like, can you, you can live off your paycheck. Do not touch this. And mm -hmm. you know, Liam, that's where kind of like when I went to, uh, I went to the, uh, the Beza conference in Cancun, uh, which yep. is the black entertainment law association. And that part, you know, with Merrill Lynch, that's when they had a conference in New York. That's where I met Sean. Um, and then I was able to meet you. So it's just like, I, I literally took the train to come specifically to come to that conference. Um, and people don't know this, that same, well, the people, the few people who came there who knew me, I had one of my back procedures that same morning. So oh. I came home and I went from the Amtrak, well, from Amtrak to, you know, to the doctor's office and they know my schedule. So they're like, okay, what time do you get off the train? You can make it at this time and we'll put you under. And I always leave kind of, I'm used to it now because it's been a few years, but I leave while the anesthesia is still in my system so I can get home and sleep. Yeah, it's, it's a little risky sometimes. Yeah, it's an um, outpatient procedure. Jesus, they don't let you drive yeah. home, do they? There's no way. No, 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 no. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, sometimes I'll have my brother who I think for one of them, I was just like, are you in the city? I need you to come pick me up. I, I can't, I can't even make it out because I was like, can you just drive me home? It's, you know, it's, it's like that. And I don't even disclose some of that stuff to my family because at the end of the day, if I'm being quite honest, I was basically told, Hey, listen, from a family member, why don't you just collect disability? And I, this was years ago. And I was like, there's nothing wrong with that. I see that. But for me personally, the goal is to be bigger than I can even imagine. I, you know, I saw Issa Rae when she was on HBO. She created a, a a board every year and said what she wanted to achieve over time. And I decided to every December um, before the new year, I basically go on my computer and I'm like taking pictures of certain things. I'm like, I want to travel here. I want to do this. And for the last three years that I've been doing it, everything has been checked off before the end of the year. I think it's self-conscious because it's not... I don't even, I used to have it as my screensaver, but I stopped mm -hmm. doing that because it made me anxious. <laughs> so <laughs> I just naturally, I think when you kind of put in the work and you just do it, like literally, like I, 
you kind of manifest it. Um, but I'm also obviously, I'm not obviously, but I'm also a believer of God. So it's kind of like, I walk in my faith where it's, if it's, if it's meant to be, it'll be. And, you know, I was actually a big agency actually, you know, said no to me um, that year that I was reaching out to people um, and saying, hey, listen, like, I just became an A, I just took the exam, I'm good, can I, you know, get an internship for the summer? And it didn't happen. And, you know, they came back to me this year, actually, because they denied me last summer, a few, a few of them. And, and crawl like, right back, huh? Yeah, and I'm just like, but they had my old resume, but I took mm-hmm. the interview, and I was just like, hey, let me just start off by saying the resume that you have now, I just emailed you um, where I stand. Um, I had two clients at the time. Yeah, two clients already. And I was just like, I'm not the same person I was a year ago. And she was just like, I was like, I don't want to waste your time, but I just wanted you to know that this is where I am in life. And to basically show that it's only going to get better from here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was able to establish a relationship with that agency where it's like, hey, listen, like I do the marketing. Um, I was able to get Jordan. Um, I think you saw like I will post, you know, in his he'll post for Warstick. I was able to kind of negotiate that. And it's, you know, I have a best friend in PR. So I think who you surround yourself around, um, like going to Broccoli Fest, one of my friends was, I was like, had a guest pass. One of my friends um, was one of the organizers of the event. So it's kind of like your circle really does not define who you are, but it says a lot about you. And, you know, my friends, we, we work extremely hard and, it's just being able to bounce ideas off of people and being able to understand and accept that I, where I am right now, I don't know everything. I didn't know what I knew last year. So it's just like, I'm okay to say, hey, listen, I don't understand that. And I did that with the CBA. Like, even though I passed the exam, I was like, all right, I passed it. Congratulations. It was one of the hardest exams out of all the um, Asian exams out there. But do I truly understand it? And can I represent a client act accurately to the point where, you know, I always think about myself. I'm like, if I was in this position, what would I want? I asked them about long-term goals. I asked them, you know, what they, because it's just like, it's one thing to say, I have a client It's a, and go and disappear. It's another thing to, you know, I actively, you know, you see me post on social media. I'm making sure that behind the scenes, everything is good. And it's barrier of respect. So, you know, I love what I do. I love being, I do love being a law student. It really is a flex to say, I'm a law student, but I'm also a certified agent. So in December, I got to stop saying that. So, so I'm trying to kind of use that a little bit. But yeah, you got a couple more yeah. months with it. Yeah. And that's another thing. I don't think people understand that. And I don't tell my clients. I've been in the beginning of February, March. Um, I was in the hospital at Albany and I was answering emails and answering clients. And I told my dad later on in the night, oh, yeah, by the way, even though it's one in the morning because he's retired, he always tells me, call me when you get home. Like, I have nothing to do. I, I'm not going to mm-hmm. work. I called him. He's like, wait, you're in the hospital? I'm like, yeah, but like, I- I'm answering an email right now. And they're, and the people that are working there, my dad is just like, what is wrong with you? And I'm just like, you know, I do understand taking care of myself is super important. And I do, you know, my clients understand that. But at the end of the day, I chose this life. And that's why I really do tell people that if you're doing it, like, I know people who will do it just to say, oh, like, we'll try to do it and say, I'm a sports agent. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. do you really understand what that means? It's, you know, with, within my personal life now, <laughs> I'm kind of like, you know, <laughs> when guys kind of come up to me, I'm just like, okay, like, 
all you know from me from my social media, which I was told one time, and I'm happy that they know this. They were like, all we know is, you know, you work out, you're in law school, and you have clients in sports. And I'm like, that's good. That's what you should know. That's how I'm representing myself. So I'm doing my job. And it's just like, guys love to use the whole, you're a sports agent. Let's, you know, just use this as a point of conversation. And I'm like, no, like that's that's so annoying. You must get so annoyed. I do. And it's just like, why? Like, why do you think that that's okay? But, you know, like I, and that's why I really do think um, it's important to surround yourself with people who, you know, going back to the instincts thing, there are some people out of my life who I've had to cut off. And I have three nephews, you know, I don't know if you saw, like I recently was at um, the Liberty versus Aces game. Saw that last night. The tickets were extremely expensive. Were they really? I, I, I paid almost $500 for me and my nephew. Yeah. I wasn't going to say the price, but yeah. I didn't even think I didn't even think in uh, my wildest dreams yeah. WNBA tickets cost that much. Yeah, and it was uh it was a good experience for him and you Is know, it my playoffs dad, or something? Like what's going on? I am I'm, I, I'm well, not an avid swallower. But you know the Aces, you know they won the championship last year, so I really wanted to see them. And then on Got top it. of that, Sabrina is kept her three. She was really I hate I, it bothered me. They kept saying, and I saw the ESPN alert while I was watching the game. There, it was like Sabrina is doing this and this, and she's on her Steph Curry. I said, no, 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 she's Sabrina. Let's mm-hmm. stop. Let's stop with this whole Steph the comparisons. Because yep. it's just like. You wouldn't compare a woman to a man and you turning for his. So why do you think it's okay to use the reverse? But I understand where people are coming from. But I'm just like, put some respect on her name because she was really killing it yesterday. So it's yeah. just like my nephew, I have three nephews and he's the oldest. And that was his birthday gift because he had just turned six. And I'm just like, let me take him. And it's, you know, and that's where I kind of like, I praise my dad for and my mom too. Like they, they put me in a position to kind of experience life where it's kind of, you know, that meme where they're just like, this woman won't be phased by any man if we take them. Yeah, I'm not phased by a lot because mm-hmm. it's like I travel the time. Like I'm going to Morocco on Saturday for my best Damn. birthday for a week. So Good it's kind of- Oh yeah, that's a normal, that's a normal trip. Yep. Yeah. Just your, yeah. just your weekend trip to Morocco, Matt. Nothing, no big deal. Nothing to see over here. I'm actually going to Morocco next weekend, so. <laughs> We got to meet up because it's in like six degrees over there. So I got to think about a whole lot of things because I'm not trying to get locked up in Morocco. Because, you know, their outfits, like, you, I don't think you can show your shoulders a certain. It's it's a lot. Oh, so damn. Yeah, that's a lot of rules. For every outfit that, you know, going out. <laughs> but it's like, I let my clients know, like, hey, listen, I'm away, but I'm available. It's a, I think I'm five hours ahead. So mm-hmm. I do work off of different time zones already. You don't have a choice. No, yeah. I'm like, you know, I was working off of California, Arizona. I'm like, you know, it's a lot, but... It's a pain in the ass. Like, I'll say it for you, Lee. It's a pain in the ass. I I do it. Like, it's to a lesser capacity that you do. It's a pain in the ass. (laughs) Yeah, but it's just like... And I ha- I've had to learn, especially when I do emails, to put Eastern Standard Time when mm-hmm. I'm scheduled. Always, always right. in the time zone. Because <laughs> people are just like, and then I'm like looking at my school schedule and I'm just like, and I've honestly, I've done this. I'm like, okay, 
if it's later in the semester, I know you have like for a certain amount of credits, if you take a class two times a week and it's like an hour and a half, you get four absences. And if I haven't used my absences, I've used it for, you know, I mean, I, you're not required to say why, but mm-hmm. I've used it to like make that a full day of meetings and getting work done. So when I, then that kind of goes back to say is when I tell people about my journey, it's or how I do it. I'm like, to be honest, the best way is to just watch what I post. I'm doing mm-hmm. whatever, whenever. And I was tired yesterday. I've been super, I have, you know, the New York, New York is very special when it comes to the bar. People don't know this. You have to take the MPRE, which is one exam. You have to take the New York law exam, which is in September, which to take the, to register for the exam, you have to complete the NYLE course, which is 17 hours. And go through the and you have to get it correct, which I'm in the process of, of finishing because I'm I sure that course that is free, right? Yeah, but it's like it's mandatory before you can even apply for September for the exam. Damn. So it's kind of like I multitask and I'm tired. And if you get one question wrong, you got to start from the beginning. It's a lot, and that's why I tell people that I chose this life. I love it, and it's it's very fulfilling, honestly. So you know. I believe it. Well, Lee, thank you so much for taking the time and coming on with us. Like you're, you're truly just an incredible person. It's so interesting to hear how, how as young as you are, you've built this business and we're really looking forward to talking to you down the road and staying connected um, and watching you really construct your empire. Thank you. It's, you know, I think the one thing that I do want to say that um, is very dear to my heart and I've said it a little bit, but I really, really want people who look like me to not be afraid to take a chance. And I think it's, you know, I saw something that said, when you're in your 20s, it's your opportunity to just take chances on anything that you want to do. And I think that right now, you know, COVID kind of, you know, screwed some things up because like this, you know, you you guys lived it too. So, you know, you understand. But oh, yeah. it's this idea of like, okay, if I have information is free to give. And I've been giving a lot. I've been on two hour phone calls with people, men and females. But the one thing that I do respect is when people respect what I'm doing and also kind of understand that it's not easy. And, you know, they kind of, you know, they support me. Again, people don't have to support me in anything that I do. I understand that. And I also know that until you get to a certain level, people are just watching you. And, you know, I, I didn't mention this, but my friend, one of my friends from middle school, his name is Lance. He, once I said I passed the exam, he was one of the first people um, to basically reach out to me and say, hey, listen, we have in the Bronx, you know, um, I think it's 5TP development. He's invited me to games out in uh, St. John's where scouts were there, agents were there. And, you know, I'm the only, you know, Black female. And it's just like them hearing that I am a female and this is what I do. I love the reaction, but I do wish that there were more people that, you know, I could say, oh, hey, girl, you know, this she's an agent too. Or, you know, just it's, it's a male-dominated sport, but I think it's very old-fashioned. And I don't like it. And anything that I don't like, like my health, like I work on it and I try to change it as best as I can. And if that's giving advice to the next person, it's free. Why not? Lee, so what advice would you give, in your own words, a person that looks like you that wants to break into the industry and do exactly what you're doing? Um, I just did this yesterday and I wrote like a whole dissertation there. <laughs> but the first thing I always say is be you because I'm not... When you, you're going to see me on social media in Morocco. I'm not changing who I am to fit 
any type of sport or even to fit what people think a lawyer should look and act like. I don't care. I love that. Like, and I think that you really have to have that mentality because people will come up to you. And it, to be honest, you know, when you look a certain type of way, people think that, you know, they can kind of take advantage of you. And I mean that in the sense of, you know, how I look gets me in a lot of rooms. And I'm very much aware of that first. But when I open up my mouth and I know more than the average person, like the CBA or like, you know, being able to honestly understand the Atlantic League, the Frontier, Pioneer, like having those ends and being able to call up those managers are a privilege to me. And I, and I see it as such. But, you know, I, I just want people to understand that there's more than just, oh, I see the Yankees. I'm going to just contact the Yankees. No, sometimes those scouts or those people in the front office who you least expect it have some type of say. You just never know who's talking to who. Because I found out very early on, um, my name was going around. And, you know, like, it was one of the scouts who said, hey, just so you know, I knew who you were before you contacted me. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, okay. Uh, so carrying yourself and walking in your truth, I will say, is one of the biggest things. And, you know, it's it's not going to get any easier. You're going to you're gonna go through stuff and you're going to have your, your feelings about what people say to you because people do talk down on you. And I've had that. But being able to keep your composure and realizing like, hey, I have a, I'm about to have a law degree. I'm literally, I'm an agent. Like I have clients. You, you're not going to talk to me any type of way. But if you do, I'm going to, I'm going to like basically tell you who I am by my knowledge of what I know. And you just have to be 10 times better in the sense of understanding than anyone else. So that's kind of the advice that I give. And I, you know, I will give because it's, it's not easy, you know, knowing the ins and outs of everything and how things work. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a privilege. So just look at it as that. We really appreciate you sharing that story, Lee. And like you said, you have the opportunity to, you probably already begun to inspire a lot of young black women in the space to get, to get into becoming an agent. So um, we really do appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, thank, Lee, you. thank you once again for coming on here, sharing your story and being so open um, and honest with us. We strive to create a place where people are comfortable coming on here and doing that. And these last two interviews that were basically set up because of you, yourself and Jordan, like we couldn't have asked for more. Thank you so much, both of you, for being so willing to talk about something that's so touchy with a lot of people. Yeah, thank you. You know, mental health, too, is something that I am really working on talking about. And, you know, especially when it comes to me physically, I have to always keep a level head and mentally be okay because it can really tear you down regardless if it's, you know, you lost an opportunity to play or you had a bad game or you just don't physically feel well. It's it's all about your state of mind. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lee Johnson, thank you so much. We will talk to you down the road. Thank you guys so much.